The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, there's been much said over the past several years, particularly among teachers of spirituality, about so-called negative feelings. Most of what we hear tells us that we should be thinking and feeling positive thoughts and feelings. Some offer us dire warnings that if we have these negative feelings, we're going to attract negative events and relationships into our lives. Still others have told us that if we have so-called negative events in our lives, we must have attracted them through our negative thoughts and feelings. The question to be asked here is this. If we're gifted with a range of feelings that include on the one end of the continuum joy and on the other pain, then what is the purpose of these feelings? So today we're going to be talking about that range of feelings and what what they're for. What is the divine purpose in giving us these feelings? So, okay, if the premise is that we are actually divine beings... um, then the the uh, seeming answer to that to that sort of uh, premise is, well, if we're divine beings, then we should not have any negative feelings. But that's a preconceived idea. First, about what is negative and positive, and second, about what it is to be divine. Um, so that's what we want to talk about today: is that whole idea of what does it mean. Uh, that we are spending a lot of time calling our feelings negative first and second trying to push them away because we're calling them negative. And what does it mean to live in the operant functioning of divine self? Um, so the first thing is what? why are we sending away these feelings? Well, we bargain with reality. So a bargain is a stage of grief. The the five stages of grief are denial, anger, sorrow, or depression, depending on how you handle the sorrow, Um, bargaining, and finally acceptance. And so when we get to the bargaining stage of any acceptance, uh, process of acceptance, then what we do is we bargain with reality. And our greatest bargain here on planet Earth is has everything to do with suffering. It is, you know, what is it that I can do to eliminate suffering from my life? And we've got all kinds of bargains about that. So we, we, we decide if we get rich or if we get famous or if we were, are very, very talented and can stay extremely busy with our talent that has become now our identification, then we, uh, then we can uh, forego suffering. But, of course, we know, we see every day that the rich and famous don't forego suffering. Very often they suffer a great deal. Sometimes, I would say, even more in some ways than people who don't have much. Um, 
and uh, we we also see that suffering runs the gamut. It runs across all populations, all races, all creeds, all um, uh, colors, all everything. We are we are a, a people, uh, a species who experience suffering. Why do we experience suffering? Well, as uh, if you've been listening to the show for very long, you know that my theory is that we suffer because we believe that we're separate from the divine. Um, but pain and suffering are not the same thing. And we'll talk about that some more in a little while. I want you to stay tuned for that because that's a very important thing. Here's what I'm not trying to do. I want to be really clear. I'm not trying to give you just another illusion that you can sort of hold on to and push away pain some more. I'm not trying to say that uh, that um, if you can just think about it differently, it'll be different. That's that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I, I do want to say that um, we are here walking through the duality trance state, and as a as participants in that effort, we are going to have some dual thoughts sometimes, and sometimes quite often. Um, so. As we are processing through and becoming more true to who we are, we have less and less of those. But that doesn't mean we have none, and it doesn't mean there's not still stuff stuff that we can begin to process through and begin to get to the other side of. So I've been working on myself, and I don't even want to say it that way, but I have been processing through my stuff (laughs) for at least 30 years now, and I very consistently find that there's still more stuff to process through. And uh, I think that's true of everyone. Uh, um, and we, we can sort of get on a spiritual um, uh, boat ride, if you will, that sort of carries us over the surface of things and does not allow us to dip down into the depths of who we are because it's telling us how we ought to feel and think. And, um, and that, that, that telling is based in some kind of, this is the right way to do it. If you're doing it this way, that's the right way to do it. Well, here's what I want to say to you. Anytime we've decided on what the right way to do it is, we're probably bargaining with the universe. I'm going to say that again. Anytime we've decided on what the right way is, we're probably bargaining with the universe. Uh, I don't know what the right way is. I can tell you a way that seems to work for me and, and has worked for others, but my way is not necessarily going to be your way. There are many, many people who will tell you and me that one of the things we need to really focus on when we begin to meditate is our breathing. And I can tell you that if I focus on my breathing first, I'm going to start trying to control my breathing and then I'm not going to be breathing very well. Uh, but if I focus on uh, just coming in, getting in touch with that divine self that I am and just go there, then my breathing naturally gets in its own rhythm that's very healthy. So, you know, how to do that, there's no one how-to that works for everyone. The Bhagavad Gita says, all paths lead to me, uh, me and me being the divine self. So, uh, if, if we are thinking in terms of, of getting a right way to live a spiritual life, we're bargaining with the universe. And that one of those right ways is to not ever have any negative feelings. And that is true if, regardless of your persuasion. It's, I used to be very actively involved in, the, in a very fundamentalist way with the Christian faith many, many years ago. 
Um, and one of our, the tenets was that I should always be living in joy. If I was not living in joy, then I must be doing something wrong. Well, you hear that same thing today on the other side of the continuum in terms of, of, of spiritual paths in the new age, new, ha- a new thought and, 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 um, human potential movements. And those are different movements, but they all sort of have the same idea in some ways that if you're having negative thoughts, there's something wrong. If you're having negative feelings, there's something wrong. And I would say that we're, if we label them negative, that might be closer to what is called wrong than 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 um, experiencing them. So now, can we get into downward spiral and just stay in this what I would call a holy hell? <laughs> just, just keep going down and down and down into this spiral of darkness that is one a terrible thought after another, one terrible belief, one terrible feeling after another. Yes, we absolutely have that capacity to do that. So I'm not saying that we should just wallow in our feelings that are difficult. I am saying that if we don't access them and come to understand them, they do not speak our message to us. And if we're going to grow into who we are, we must get the messages that are behind our feelings because those messages are telling us who we really are. And that's the object of the game. Um, in all of Carl Jung's work, what, the thing that he said would heal us is getting in touch with the authentic self, what I call the authentic self. He would have called it the self. Um, and that's also the soul, the synonymous with the soul in his terms. And um, I believe what he said about that. And I, I believe that it's true that in order to get there, we also sort of have to walk through what presents. So what we want is to be able to create for ourselves this very linear path that leads from point A to point Z with uh, – no hills and valleys, no turns, no twists, no wrong moves, no nothing that veers off the path. And then we can look back over that straight, narrow path to where we came from, and we can say, yeah, see, I got from there to here, and I'm, that makes me a good person. That must mean I'm going to make it to the other side and get to heaven or whatever the reward for us is. Um, or it just could mean that we can sit, pat ourselves on the back and say, see, I'm a good person. I have the proof. I made it. See, there's back there. Back there is A, and here I am at Z. I made it. Problem is it never, ever happens that way. Never. And when we're looking for that, we're bargaining with the universe. We are trying to, to say, if I could just be good enough, then... I would be uh, all that I need to be, or I would be have reached the ultimacy of my goal here on earth. You know, there's always an if and a then. If I can think positive thoughts, then I can bring positive things into my lives. That's one of the, my life. That's one of the uh, tenets of the uh, law of attraction, as it's presented in the Secret, and as it was presented by Esther and Jerry Hicks. That that if I'm just going to think positive, then I'm going to get what I want in my life. Now, well, as you know from my uh, book that was published in 2011, I don't agree with that. And, I, and not only that, but I don't think that's the correct version of the law of attraction. Uh, I believe that the correct version of the law of attraction is we're attracted to and by all those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that will bring us to a cl- closer and closer understanding of who we are as divine beings. So that that is a... A guarantee. <laughs> That's a guarantee. That is going to happen. We're going to get drawn to those things and from those things that are going to get us to know who we are 
on a deeper and deeper level. And will we have to repeat some of that stuff in another life in another life? Probably. But ultimately, the goal is for us to come to know who we are as divine beings. And so negative feelings, so-called negative feelings, are just another uh, way for us to know who we are as divine beings, as are positive feelings, what we call positive feelings, joy and bliss and happiness and laughter and um, peace and, and uh, feelings of contentment and feelings of just this broad freedom. Those are all very comfortable, light, easy feelings that... Um, uh, that we just all have at various points in our lives. It's interesting, though, that when we have those feelings, we start to believe we must have done something to deserve them. <laughs> and when we have what we call so-called negative feelings, feelings of sadness or sorrow or anger or fear, those feelings, we we say those are negative feelings and we shouldn't have those. And if we have those, and well, we must have done something wrong. No, they're all just arising out of us in response to some material that needs to be resolved, needs to be looked at, needs to be understood, needs to be loved. Um, and, and so a feeling of, say, fear comes up inside of me. My job is not to say, oh, I shouldn't be afraid because fear is not the same as love. Uh, and, you know, I should be loving and I shouldn't be afraid. All I'm going to do is tell myself that I'm not afraid when I still am afraid. That fear is not going to go away. It may go underground, but it's not going to go away until I hear its message. So what could the message of fear possibly be that could benefit me and bring me closer to understanding who I am as a divine being? Well, the, there are myriad ways it could do that. One of, one of those is very simply, it could protect me. If I'm feeling a, a fear about something, then perhaps it's telling me to move out of the way. Perhaps a, a truck is coming and I'm in the middle of the street. Or perhaps um, some I'm getting some intuitive flash that someone has my harm in mind and I can move out of the way of that. Um, perhaps it is uh, telling me that I... Um, I'm overspending my money and, and I need to back down and stop doing that. But if I ignore that feeling, I'm not going to get that message. Um, so, And that has happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you. Um, it happened just last month for me that uh, I, I'm, I was writing a check for something and um, I had a feeling that, uh, no, I'm not going to have the money in the bank for this. Not only... I have the money right now, but by the time this check arrives, I'm not going to have the money. So I better wait. And I did. And, of course, then I was okay. Uh, but if if I didn't pay attention to it, it wouldn't have delivered its message. Now, that's a very practical way of looking at that quote-unquote negative feeling. But uh, it can run much deeper than that. I can have a neg- uh, uh, fear, for example, that comes from just this sort of bowl of fear that sits down at my belly button and, and has been there all my life. Well, when I, when I pull that out and look at it, what it tells me is, okay, well, look, this is that fear you've had all your life. What is that, that, what's that about? And I begin to look back at my life and say I've experienced some traumatic things in my childhood and, and I felt somehow responsible for those things. Well, that fear is telling me that, yeah, you're still feeling responsible for a lot of stuff that maybe you don't have any say-so about. And then I can go, oh, okay, there it is. I'm, I'm trying to be responsible for something over which I have no control. And I can go, okay, well then I can let that go now. But if I never listened to it, I would never have known what was going on. And that fear would have come out later in some way that 
was not appropriate. So I might overreact to somebody who says something to me that reminds me of that fear. And they're going, what the heck? And I'm going, what the heck? Where'd that come from? I don't even know why I said that. Uh, well, I said that because I never dealt with the fear in the first place. So here's the thing. If you don't remember anything else I've said today, remember this. We cannot make our feelings go away. We cannot do it. It's not going to happen. You might make them go underground. You might make them go into the unconscious, but they will come out later and it'll be distorted. And sometimes it'll be really ugly. Uh, So dealing with our fears and, and what we call negative feelings doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't mean at all to send them away and it doesn't mean to to work on them and sort of chip them away and make ourselves be brave and tough and strong and just overcome them that's not what it means it means to listen to them long enough to hear the message all right so our fear our feelings none of our feelings have arrived at our doorstep so that we can go uh yeah i gave it the office <laughs> they're they're not there to get something from us they're there to give something to us. Everything that is ours is a gift to us, for us, about us. Okay, so if I have a feeling of anger, for example, that doesn't mean that you made me angry. It means I'm reacting to what you've done in anger. And what is my reaction all about? Then I can look at it and get the message. And we'll talk some more about that right after the, after the break. But for right now, what I really want to convey is that this idea that is circling and circling and circling and circling around out there in the spiritual community, regardless of persuasion, that tells us that we should have certain feelings only and other feelings we should not have, that's not true. It's a bargain with the universe. It's saying, if I do these things, if I can make my feelings change, then I can have X, Y, or Z. And that's a bargain. Anytime there's an if and a then, it's a bargain. Um, Anytime it's just, well, there's that feeling. What am I going to do about that? What, what, What is it trying to tell me? Let me see if I can find the gift. There's no bargain in that. But anytime I'm saying, well, if I do this with my feelings, then I can have that or I can do this or I can get what I need or want or think I want or need over here, I'm bargaining. And the bargains with emotions run very deep. They can be something, they very often are something about our identity. So I see myself as this good feeling and anger, uh, excuse me, I see myself as this good person and anger is not what I consider to be a good feeling, so I should not be feeling that. I've heard, I heard somebody recently say something about, you know, I just hate that person, and I hate that I hate that person because I'm not a hater. I've never been a hater. I'm a lover. That's what I do. So here's this conflict. Here's my I am or how I see myself, and here's this feeling, and I can't seem to put cram the two into the same space. And so now I've got this inner conflict, but you know what's really going on there? an existential crisis, I'm beginning to ask myself who I really am. And that's the most important question I can ever ask. And we're going to talk about that some more right after the break. Stay tuned for more. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio, Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about what most people call negative feelings, those feelings that are difficult, those feelings that challenge us to grow. Those feelings that have a gift to give us, if we'll but look for that. So I was saying just before the break that I had heard somebody say not long ago that that I, you know, that they hated someone, and I they said I hate that person, and I hate that I hate that person because I'm not a hater. I'm a lover. I'm a, somebody who just loves people. I've never hated anybody in my life. But what they were really saying was, this doesn't match who I how I see myself. But here was this feeling. And what did that feeling come to tell him? Did it come to say, oh, yes, you are a hater? Oh, look how bad you are. You're a terrible person. No. It came to say, here's a real feeling. What is it that you need to look at? And, you know, when we hate, what I say hate is is love wounded. We can't hate somebody we haven't loved. Um, we don't hate anyone that we haven't opened our heart enough to to love so that they can get to us at that level. And when somebody has poisoned or betrayed or uh, maligned or, or, or allied against us, become sort of an enemy to everything that is vulnerable inside of us, then we will eventually come to put a wall up that we call hate. But really, 
that wall is a protector. It is it's not meant to say, look how bad you are for having those feelings. It's meant to say, stay away from this person. They're toxic for you. Um, and if we honor it, then the, the feelings sort of um, become smaller. They don't, we don't hate. We just don't want to be around. Can't, we don't want to be in the same space with that person because that person is toxic for us. But most of the time we don't honor our feelings. We pretend that we still care. We tell ourselves that we still want to be kind and considerate to that person because after all, I'm a good person and good people don't hate. And so we talk ourselves right out of doing what our authenticity is trying to get us to do, which is to get space between us and something that's very toxic for us. So um, if we can think of our quote-unquote negative feelings in that way, then they become our friends. Then they're not negative at all. They come to give us a gift, and we need to receive the gift. You know, if you leave a gift under the Christmas tree, you're never going to know what it is. You never open it. You don't ever find out what it is or even who gave it to you. But if you open it, you get blessed with whatever it is, and you get to say thank you to the person who gave it to you. So it's the same thing with our emotions. If we we open them and, and are willing to look in and see them for what they are without judgment, just go in there and say, okay, what are you trying to tell me? And sit with it long enough to hear the message. And that may mean you have to you have to just let it be for a while. Just let it express. Or it may mean that you might want to get out a pen and a piece of paper and write a poem from your feeling to you. Or write a letter from your feeling to you. Or draw a picture of your feeling. Or, or, or uh, ask your feeling to be one that will appear in your dreams. And then ask your dream what it's trying to tell you. So there's lots of ways for us to get with our feelings that, so that they can talk to us. Um, and those are some real practical ways that I really recommend to a lot of people. As a matter of fact, the very first book I ever wrote called uh, Restoring My Soul, a workbook for finding and living the authentic self, has a lot of those very same kinds of exercises in them that, that uh, have to do with writing down, c- coming from inside of yourself and letting that stuff splash itself onto the paper so that you can get a bird's eye view of what's really going on inside of you. I can't tell you how many people I work with on a daily basis who I might ask them, well, what, what is that feeling? What is, what is going on inside you right now? And they'll say, I don't know. I don't know. And my response to that sometimes, when it's, it's important, if it's important to say it this way, is if you don't know what's inside of you, how can you run your own life? Because here's the thing. There's two people involved in any life. There's you and there's your life. Those are two different things. They're not the same thing. You are the person in your life. Your life is that in which you dwell. It is your habitat. It is your house. Okay, so you, you're, if you're not living in a place that's making you happy, you can move. Yeah, you can move. But so many times we identify with our lives and we say, well, my life is me and me is my life. <laughs> I am my life and my life is me. And we can't find a way to separate those. So we hear people say, I hate my life. What they really mean is, I don't like the way I've set this thing up here. So pretend you're a kid. You've just built a castle out of Legos and you don't like it. Break it. Take it down and start over again. <laughs> That's what you can do with your life too. That doesn't mean you have to destroy your life. 
course, to do that. But you can build a new life. You absolutely can. So, uh, so it's when we talk about quote unquote negative feelings, very often we're talking about how we are responding to our own lives and who we have peopled our lives with. So, if I've brought people into my life that are uh, that are toxic for me that are literally poisoning my emotional experiences of life, then I can move them out of my life. I have that power. Um, if, I, if I invite jobs or uh, trades of all kinds, like if I'm trading this time and energy for that X amount of money, if I've invited that into my life and it's making me miserable, I can do something about that. I can change that. It might take me a little time and it might take me a little effort, but I can change it if I want to. Um, so that's the thing we don't seem to realize when, we, when we're when we bargaining with our emotions. We don't realize that we have the power to change the things that are going on in our lives. You know, uh, can I change the fact that I have brown hair? Yes, I could bleach it. Can I change the fact that I have green eyes? No, but I can cover them up with some colored contacts. Um, can I change the fact that, um, you know, I, I have a, a job that I don't like? Yes, I can change that. Can I change the fact that I have a relationship that I don't like? Yes, I can change that. I can either try to work with that relationship and see if I, it will change, or I can get out of it. Or I can do a little of both until I make a decision about what I'm going to do. I can step out and, and, and sort of get some space and try to see if I can negotiate with this person on what we can do. And then if it works, I can step back in or I can step out entirely. So there's all kinds of options available to us. And that word options is we have used it wrongly when we've said what I need to do is take the choice to, to make my feelings go away. Those feelings, like I said, are not going to go away. They may go underground. They may become unconscious, but they're not going away. And if they go un- underground or become unconscious, they're coming out later in some way that's not very pretty. Um, so when, when we're talking about how we can deal with these feelings that are uncomfortable, what we can do is begin to associate with them as if they have a very, very valuable guiding message to give us, because they do. All right, so let me give you some scenarios. So, my name is Joe, and I work in an office with John, and John never does his job. He sits around and reads the newspaper and drinks coffee, and he goes and talks with the boss, and he... And he um, you know, stands around joking and, uh, they, uh, with the boss and they go out on the porch and have a cigar or a cigarette and they come back in and they talk some more and they're talking about football and, you know, the latest events and I'm over here doing John's job because John is smoozing with the boss and every day I go into work, I get a little bit madder and I don't know what to do about that and it's getting to where I just hate John. I just, I just want to smack him every time I see him. So... So, okay, that's a whole bunch of negative feelings, right? And if I'm going with the current spiritual motif out there, what I'm going to do is tell myself that I'm bad for having those feelings, and I'm going to um, I'm going to tell myself that I need to change my feelings, and that I just need to get a better attitude. Just shut up, 
do do your job and get a better attitude and 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 push those so-called negative feelings away because gosh you know you might be attracting some even worse things into your life if you don't stop having those negative feelings wow now i feel better right (laughs) no i don't feel better i feel worse because now, not only do I have this negative thing, this quote-unquote neg- bolus of negative feelings, this negative event, now I'm a bad person who needs to create really positive things in my life. How do I do that? I just buck up and say, well, I'm just going to make myself feel better, just get a better attitude. Well, that's going to last about five minutes. Then I'm going to be feeling bad again. And I'm not, still not going to know what to do about John. So, okay, let's look at a different way of doing that. Um, I can begin today to start assessing what's going on with my feelings about John. And, I, you know, here, here's some things that might come up. These are all uh, fictional, but they might come up. I might say, uh, oh, well, you know what? My brother did that same thing. He always was schmoozing with my dad, and my dad just never had enough time with me. And he was the golden boy, and he got all the opportunities, and he, you know, he got all the stuff he needed, and I, I was kind of shy, and my dad just didn't pay much attention to me, and I, I really resented that my whole childhood. And here's John over here doing that same exact thing. Well, now we're working on something even more important. Now, that doesn't mean that John hasn't done some things that are inappropriate in his job. Should John be doing the work that he's paid to do? Absolutely. Can we make that happen? Probably not. But what we can make happen is we can begin to say, all right, what can I do with this? And how can I help the, let this help me grow into who I actually am? So now I've got something to work on. Now I can see that one of the main reasons that I feel so bitter about John is that he reminds me of my brother and my father's relationship. And it just brings back up those old feelings again and makes me feel small and diminished and, 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 and incapable of winning friends and influencing people. And so, so... I could take that and I could just say, okay, well, let's just stop there. I just need to learn how to win friends and influence people better. No, that's not, that's not there. You know why I know it's not there? Because I haven't started feeling better yet. I've started feeling like I know something, but I haven't started feeling like uh, this, there's some peace in here for me. When we finally arrive at a, uh, at a truth, it, peace comes with it. And it may not be like knock you over peace. But it's enough peace for you to go, oh, yeah, that feels right. Uh-huh, that's it. That's what we're looking for, that inner resonance that just kind of goes, uh-huh, yep, that's it. Now I feel a little peaceful. All right, so so let's go a little further. So let's say John, uh, now I realize that John has reminded me of my brother and my father. Now what do I want to do with that? Well, first I want to say that, you know, it really was rough on me to to grow up in a home where I was sort of put on the back burner. And I need to have some empathy for myself as a child. Not not self-pity. I'm not talking about sitting around on a pity pot and going, you know, poor me, poor me, why does life treat me better? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being able to empathize with the child that I was and say, wow, that was really hard. That, that really was hard. Um, I wonder what that can give me. What gift can I get from that? That... That experience gave me something. What did it give me? Well, one of the things it gave me is I, I became more independent thinker. My brother's not much of an independent thinker. He has to sort of check in with Dad all the time. But I don't. And I, and it frees me up to think some original thoughts. And 
I kind of like that about me, that I can think original thoughts and do what I want without having to check in with Dad. That's kind of nice. Oh, well, now I've gotten the gift. Okay, okay. So, all right, that's one of the things I got. doesn't negate the fact that I also need to empathy, empathize with that inner child, but it does mean that I that I recognize now that there's something I got from it as well. All right, so if I'm an independent thinker now, then what is it that my independent thoughts want to do about this thing about John working in my office? Well, one of the things I begin to realize as I have to do John's job as well as mine is that I really don't like my job at all. I don't like doing what I do. I don't like the tasks of it, and I really don't like having to do it twice because John's not doing it either. So, okay, what that's put me in touch with is the fact that I'm, I'm really not happy in this job. It, it pays all right, but I'm not really happy here. All right, now we got something we can do something with. Now I can start looking at, well, what if I had all, if money was no object, what would I like to be doing eight hours a day, 40 hours a week? What would that be? What would the tasks of a job that I really was happy in be? Well, you know, I've really always wanted to open up a shop of my own. But, man, that's scary. That's really scary. And I, I don't know. I, this thing is easier. But is it? I sure am not happy. And John's made me really aware of how unhappy I really am. So what do I need to do about that? Well, maybe I need to talk to some people and get some more information that would help me feel that I might be able to do this in safety. Or... Maybe take out a small business loan or talk to some friends who might back me or et cetera, et cetera. Then I start to feel like there's a safety net under me and I can start making some steps to move in the direction that is more authentic for me. So now what I've done is I've taken a, a, a what we call negative feelings and I have used them and gotten the message from them that they came to give me and now I'm ready to start my life over again. Huh. Wow, that was some powerful stuff, right? Absolutely it is. And that's what they're here to do. All of our feelings have a gift for us. There is nothing inside of me that is not a gift for me. When we tell ourselves that only our positive feelings should be felt, it's a little bit like saying, use only your left eye, would you? Stop using your right eye. And, oh, by the way, you know what? You don't need that ear either. Um, Close one of those ears. Yeah. That doesn't work very well, does it? No. And it's the same thing with our emotions. When we say, well, I'm going to let you feel joy and peace and, 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 you know, all those good feelings, contentment, but you're not going to feel any of these bad feelings. No, you can't have those because there, there's punishment waiting around the corner for you if you, if you feel negative feelings. Something's going to get you because you know if you have negative feelings and negative thoughts, you're going to attract negative things. And that thing just is spinning and spinning and spinning throughout our world right now. And it's not just in the spiritual world. That's moved on to, this, to the secular world as well. And, and there's many people out there quoting that stuff. And what we're teaching each other when we do that is that some of our feelings are okay and some of them are not. In other words, you can use that left ear, but don't you use that right one. You can use that left eye, but don't you use that right one. Use only half of your senses because the other half, they don't matter. They're bad. 
That's what we're doing. And we're doing it exactly the same way. So if I'm walking down the street with one of my eyes closed and it's my right eye, I'm going to miss what's on the right side of me. I'm going to miss everything peripheral to that. Um, My father was blind in one eye. He was uh, wounded in World War II and uh, lost the vision in in his eye. And I would sometimes come around to kiss him on the cheek uh, from that side where he couldn't see. And it would scare him to death because there was this face all of a sudden in front of him. Um, and I had to learn to, to come around from the other side. So that's what it's like to not be able to use that right eye, and that's what it's like to not be able to use those, those so-called negative feelings. We cut off part of our ability to sense what's going on around us and in us, and that way we handicap ourselves. So we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for our last segment. There's more to be heard. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. How can you make holistic health care work for you? When you are in search of wholeness, it's time to listen to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with host Renee David Alkali. Here you will find cutting-edge information that approaches the human being as a biochemical, individual, whole person, rather than as a set of isolated symptoms. Learn how it all comes together on Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life, live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery, waiting for your prince, princess to come, even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply? And what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for Tools to Being Outside the Box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with hosts Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
Again, The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. I just had someone ask me that today. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, ministerial, bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology, offering as terminal degrees both a Ph.D. and a Ph.D., holistic ministries, holistic health, metaphysics, and parapsychology, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths. Utilizing as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, and then, if they wish, to take healing, help, and wisdom to others. So AISG is changing the world one student at a time. And all you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So we're talking today about what is commonly known in the spiritual community and sometimes in the secular community as negative feelings. And what we've said thus far is that when we, when we are trying to escape by pushing away our negative feelings, what we're really doing is bargaining with the universe. If I cannot have these negative feelings, then I can feel like my life is okay. Or if I cannot have these negative feelings, that makes me a good person. Or if I cannot have these negative feelings, then I can pretend to myself that things are okay that are not okay. That's how that works. And maybe even if I can not have these negative feelings, then I won't attract so-called negative events into my life. And I want to be really clear. In the book, uh, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, I have very clearly stipulated how it is that that is not the way the law of attraction works. It does not bring us negative events for negative feelings and thoughts. That does not happen. Um, And it is also not true that if we have positive thoughts that we will attract positive things in our lives. What is true is that we are attracted to and by all of those things, people, places, events, and circumstances that are going to bring us closer and closer, lifetime after lifetime, to becoming fully aware of who we are as divine beings. That is what is attracting to us, and that is what we are attracted to and by. So when a so-called negative event happens in our life, it is meant to bring us closer to awareness of who we are as a divine being. If a so-called positive event happens in our lives, it is meant to bring us to closer awareness of who we are as a divine being. It is not meant to say, "Uh uh-oh, watch out, you've had a negative event. That must mean that something negative happened to you. I mean, and something you must have attracted it by some negative thought or, or emotion. You know, that story is told exactly in the book of Job, where, uh, in the Bible, where, uh, he, he is a very wealthy man who has all these, you know, all the uh, animals and, and, uh, this huge plot of land and 
many children and he's just very wealthy and very happy and he's one of the counselors who sits at the gate of the village to advise people on how they should live their lives and he's just somebody, right? Well, then one day comes, there's a big storm and all of his cattle are wiped out and then there's, uh, there's, uh, his children are killed and, uh, he loses all of his land. He loses everything in a single day is what happens essentially. And, uh, then he gets very sick and he ends up sitting by the fire, scraping sores off of his skin and his friends come to him and they say, you know what? This is your fault. If you just hadn't done some sin, this wouldn't be happening. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, some friends, you are. How would you like it if people said that to you? And you know what? We say it to each other all the time. If you listen, we're saying it to each other all the time, especially in the spiritual community, which is really so, um, it's poison. Uh, what we're saying is, um, if you hadn't done that, this wouldn't be happening to you. You had some negative thoughts that brought this to you. Um, you need to change your negative ways of thinking. And then you'll have positive things happen to you. Wow. That is some empathy, isn't it? (laughs) And we don't want people saying that to us. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear, wow, this is difficult. How can I sit with you in your pain? That's what we want. We want somebody to just sit there with us in our pain. In some of the Christian communities or other, the Jewish community, um, some other community, uh, spiritual communities, uh, one of the things that's frequently said when something difficult happens to somebody like they lose a loved one or something like that is people will come up and say well it must have been god's will yeah okay you can have some of god's will now <laughs> i can tell you where you can put it too it you know it's that it's it's that whole idea of uh that we we've got this bargain in our heads that if a then b if I'm a good person, then the gods won't punish me with negative things. If I have a negative event in my life, it must be because I'm being punished for a negative thing. And that is so almost archetypal in our psychology that we believe it, with, even if we don't even have any Christian or Jewish or Hindu or Buddhist or other values where, where there is a sort of uh, attention paid to morality. Even if we're atheists, we still have that sort of thing in our heads that says i'm being punished in some kind of way it may not come out in those words but there is that thing that says i'm being punished and 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 we buy it we we totally buy it and so when we came to the law of attraction that same exact psychology got put into the law of attraction and it's just not true it's just not true what is true is that we're encountering events emotions people uh relationships uh, crises, circumstances, situations in all of our lives that if we are looking for the gift, we will find the gift. And what the gift is, is that we get to know ourselves better as who we actually are. And every time we step closer into who we actually are, we do get more joy. We do get more joy. Okay, so there is an, a reward in that. Um, but, you know, what we're afraid of is that if I start feeling my negative feelings, I'm just, that's just all I'm going to be. I'm going to turn into this curmudgeon of negativity. And A, that's not true if we're actually looking for what the feeling has come to give us. And B, um, when, when we are sitting with our feelings to empathetically, non-judgmentally, um, try to get the message, then our, our feelings will deliver the message. And we will end up in this camaraderie, 
kind of relationship with our feelings so that our feelings don't scare us. We don't have to bargain with the universe because we know that that feeling has come to tell me something. It is not there to make me suffer. Okay, so let me explain what I mean by that. We think in, in, of suffering as an event. Okay, we think if a bad thing happens to me, then I'm going to suffer. Well, and sometimes that tends out to be true. We lose a loved one, we're sad. We have an automobile accident, we're afraid and, and, and incapacitated and we have anger and sorrow and all kinds of feelings to work through because of that accident. Uh, yeah, that's true. On the other hand, what's really going on is the suffering does not come from the event itself. The suffering comes from our reaction to the event itself. So, now here's what I'm not saying. I want to be clear. I'm not saying we'll just stop suffering now, would you? I'm not saying that you should feel something different than what you're feeling. What I am saying is that when that suffering comes, when those feelings come, if we're looking for the message, then they give us the gift and the suffering ceases. Okay? So, so when we're, when we're, I'm actually looking for that event. For example, like in the case of, of me and John, you know, now I've got this, as I look back on that thing, uh, with John, so I can say, now I have a, a business of my own. And you know what? I can actually thank John for pointing out to me that, that I needed to find another job that was making me happier. And I have a business of my own now. And thank you, John, for what you did to help me get there. And thank you to those quote unquote negative feelings that I had about my father and my brother that helped me get to this place where I now have a business of my own because I paid attention to what those feelings were really trying to tell me. And I began to be aware that, you know what? I've got, I'm an original thinker. I, I can think original thoughts. I don't think like everybody else thinks. So, you know what? Maybe I can start doing some original things with my life. And I did them. And now I can look back and thank John and those feelings for it. So that's how that works. When we start really listening for the message that our negative, our quote-unquote negative feelings have to give us, then we can arrive at a new place. And the feeling that came to tell us that is no longer necessary. It has delivered its message. So it's not necessary anymore. And now it doesn't go away it just fades because it's not necessary anymore so when we've been what we were trying to do up front was make it go away but it never really did go away do you know why it didn't go away it didn't go away because we hadn't gotten the message yet and it's not going to go away until we do, until we do get the message the, our feelings are going to come up and up and up and up and up until we get the message it just like uh you know we can say to ourselves i need to take a rest i'm tired i need to take a rest i'm tired i need to take a rest i'm tired and we just never do it we never get around to taking a few days off taking a vacation whatever we just keep on going keep on going and then one day we get really sick and we have to take time off well all of those I'm tired were trying to get us to do something and we didn't do it. And then one day we get sick. Well, it's the same exact way with our feelings. All of those quote-unquote negative feelings have come to tell us something. And, and as we're choosing not to listen and not to listen and not to listen and not to listen, there's going to be an ultimate crash and burn to that. Because the feeling is going to get louder and louder and louder and louder until we listen. It has come to tell us something. It did not come to make us suffer. It did not come to convince us that we've had a negative thought or, or, or that we're bad people for having these feelings. 
You know, in Alabama, one of the things that people say a lot is, well, I, I just feel so-and-so and so-and-so. Isn't that terrible? I'm just terrible. Isn't that awful? I just wish I didn't feel that way, but I feel that way. <laughs> and I just have to laugh. Well, you've got the feeling. Why does it have to be terrible uh, to have that feeling? And so many times it's not even quote-unquote negative. It's just we have this judgment of ourselves that says I shouldn't have anything that is even discernment. I shouldn't even have discernment because that looks like judgment. So so when we're when we're when we're looking at feelings, our emotions, they are precious. They are a precious gift for us. And anytime we're sending away that emotion, trying to pretend it away or or tell ourselves that we shouldn't have it or tell ourselves that if we don't stop having it, there's some punishment coming. Um, we are we are poisoning our lives with that and there's ultimately going to be it's just going to keep speaking up louder and louder until we get it so listen now listen later it's our choice so that's what i have to say today about feelings Uh, i hope it's been helpful to you and next week we're going to be talking to the national book award author of the noonday demon about his latest book far from the tree an epic and powerful book a study of raising the different or the exceptional child um, and what that is to be different, what it means to be different in our world. So uh, Andrew Solomon is a wonderful speaker. I hope you'll be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.